abducted and forced to go to Belmarsh Prison. Without a chance to speak, awaiting the extradition that the USA seeks. When Julian met Stella, the folks at the UN and people all around the world spoke out then. This journalist belongs among the free, not in prison for exposing crimes against humanity. When Julian met Stella, I'm David Rovix, and I am from the country to which the British authorities are trying to extradite whistleblower and journalist Julian Assange to face 175 years in prison. And I'm Kamara Emanuel, and I'm from the country Julian Assange is from, a country that has uh, so far refused and failed to defend Julian over these last many years. And we would like to invite you to come along to a constant rally to free Julian Assange. It's going to be held in Belgium in Brussels, in the Place de l'Homme at 2pm this Saturday, the 23rd of April. Good morning. I hope you can hear me. This is is a great new podcast called That AI Show. We're starting just a bit early, and I wanted to share with you a very important new recording that I'm trying to upload now. I've been working on it for about 15 minutes. <laughs> it's from uh, Timon Wisman. He's a Dutch uh, human rights and data uh, privacy activist in EU. Good Lord, I hope you can hear me. Um, so I'm going to upload this now. It's his part of his TEDx, which we've uploaded in the link section. Anyways, that's this this. AI show, that AI show is about uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, privacy, and a lot of related business uh, with technology orbiting the AI space. Everything is artificial intelligence reliant at this point because we have, have mostly autonomous systems. The app that you're listening to uses AI, so uh, we're not, we're not going to escape. Uh, if you have a handset and you're listening to this uh, live, then you're using um, artificial intelligence. So I'm going to try to cue this up right now and save it. But if I can't get this to happen, it says allow other people to use it for their soundboards. I will if it will just save it. I may not get to do it this go-round, but the link to his entire TEDx production is on YouTube, and that's included in the package. So there's a feature on Colin, which is a great platform, I've been using it like all the time, to look at links. And so just below the the description for the show. There it is. We got it. We got it. Um, just below the description for the show, uh, there are a series of links that, that are going to be included with this production. And you can read them to completion at the end of the podcast or during the podcast. Um, so I'm going to cue this up for you. This is uh, Timon Wisman. 
He's a Dutch data protection official or aficionado. Here he goes. Ugh. I teach at the Vrije Universiteit of Amsterdam about privacy and data protection. And I always like to tell my students about the importance of human rights. I tell them why we should protect them through the rule of law in order to protect people from the oppressive state. And usually, when I'm done with this talk, I look up and some of them start to yawn involuntarily. Occasionally, one of them might even fall asleep. And the older I get, the more it bothers me that we think that our human rights are self-evident. I was once teaching a, a, a lecture over 100 students and I asked them, do you know, do you, have you ever felt that the state treated you in an arbitrary fashion? And then one person raised his hands and then he started talking about a parking ticket he once received. And then I think, well, maybe we do not really appreciate our human rights because we take them for granted. Enjoying these rights is like enjoying our limbs. It feels natural to us, but not special in any way. But it might be like this Dutch love song that some of you might know about a man who doesn't know what he misses, but when his lover is not there anymore, only then he knows what he truly misses. And just like we should not take our lover for granted, we should also not take our human rights for granted because this might actually lead to a breakup. Having these rights in treaties, charters, constitutions is important, but if they only stay there and they're not protected, they're not invoked by us, the people they ought to protect, they become nothing but a mere dead letter. So when the, the civil rights marches were taking place of Dr. Martin Luther King, and these were met with extreme police brutality, press was there to film it. And at the evening news, people saw the brutality that was taking place. And this led to public outrage, public outrage, which helped the civil rights movement to gain momentum and to push for change. There was, however, one very important element in the story. The injustice was made visible to the public eye. This was taking place in the 50s and 60s, around the time that computers weighing over 900 kilos and costing $500,000 were still considered small and affordable. Two decades later, microprocessor computers were introduced. In the US, this led to a committee issuing a report, basically saying, well, computers are great, they can bring advantages to our bureaucracy, but also issuing a warning. These computers might lead to a fundamental shift in the power relation between the citizen and the state. Computers can lead to a national dossier system keeping records of citizens from cradle to grave and basically making everybody a prisoner of their past. They even adopted a quote of a Russian Nobel Prize winner of literature, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a quote in which he basically says that 
every man has from his head or woman radiating invisible threats and these invisible threats are the government registrations and Okay, so that's where it ends. Um, we're not allowed to put files on Colin that are any larger than, say, maybe five minutes. So that actually was a, a good summation of the privacy debate going on in Europe. And Europe has tar targeted a hard turn um, on encryption and private text. So um, I wanted to put this up front and center. So the new EU rules would require chat apps to scan private messages for child abuse. The proposal has been called unworkable and invasive by privacy experts. So if you're going to listen to privacy experts, if you're going to consider privacy EU, it's time to to listen and consider. So this is from The Verge. The European Commission has proposed a controversial new regulation that would require chat apps like WhatsApp and Facebook messengers to selectively scan users' private messages for child sex abuse material, CSAM, and quote-unquote grooming behavior. The proposal is similar to plans mooted by Apple last year but, say critics, much more invasive. After a draft of the regulation leaked earlier this week, privacy experts condemned it in the strongest terms. This document is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen, tweeted cryptographer Professor Matthew Green, and that is serious. Matt Green is serious. It describes the most sophisticated surveillance machinery ever deployed outside of China and the USSR. This is not an exaggeration. So Jan Penfrat of Digital Advocacy Group, European Digital Rights, EDRI, echoed the concern saying, this looks like a shameful general surveillance law entirely unfitting for any free democracy. A comparison of the PDFs shows differences between the leaked draft and the final proposal are cosmetic only. So the regulation would establish a number of new obligations for online service providers, a broad category that includes app stores, hosting companies, and any provider of interpersonal communication service. The most extreme obligations would apply communication services like WhatsApp, Signal, which is automatically encrypted by the way and Facebook Messenger if a company in this group receives a detection order 
from the EU, they would be required to scan and select users' messages to look for known child abuse material, as well as previously unseen CSAM and any messages that constitute grooming for the solicitation of children. At least two categories of content would require the use of machine vision tools and AI systems to analyze the context of pictures and te text messages. In contrast, Apple's proposal last year to scan messages to find child abuse material would have only looked for known examples of CSAM, which limits the scope for error. After facing widespread criticism that its proposal would damage the privacy of users, Apple removed the references to the feature from its site and indefinitely po po postponed its rollout. Detection orders would be issued by individual EU nations, and the Commission claims these would be targeted and specified to reduce privacy infringements. However, the regulation is not clear about how these orders would be targeted, whether they would be limited to individuals and groups, for example, or applied to much broader categories. Okay, so it's more, more aggressive than Russian tech and Chinese tech. That's, that's strong because they don't care about privacy of their citizens at all. They're, they're hugely intrusive to a point where we are fighting the invasiveness of their AI in a, on a general level. So I'm going to flip over to Gizmodo. This, thank God, they're still around. Um, so we've got Evan Greer, who's, who's very reliable on terms of uh, biometric surveillance uh, vanguard. Super reliable guy or, you know, person because he's trans. He, she is trans. Uh, and I know he's going to forgive me for, you know, misproducing his pronouns because I'm just not, it's not a religion for me. I know you're going to forgive me because I'm supporting you. Anyways, 27 rights groups are demanding Zoom, which is a Chinese technology that I won't use to this day. I won't use it uh, because it has invasive and inherently biased emotion recognition software. So the headline is, 27 rights groups demand Zoom abandon invasive and inherently biased emotion recognition software. So it has also had a feature in the past that if you you criticize anything in the Chinese or PRC government, you know you put a nasty picture, you know, of an unfavorable panda or something on on the background, then you you will automatically go away. The AI is programmed to uh, dismiss you or depress your communication on Zoom, which is factual. Which was why I was so horrified that our public. Our, uh, our public meetings were being put on there and, and people were having um, all of their proprietary meetings for new creative ventures on Zoom and all this other stuff. They just kind of ignored it. They're like, what, what? we're not going to listen to that right now because this is what everybody's doing. So more of the whole mass hysteria. We're just going to be blind about this now. But I, I, if there had been an alternative, if somebody had been 
uh, more conscientious about an alternative uh, for Zoom during the pandemic. But I think what happens psychologically when you're really shocked and you're and there was a shock, a cultural shock to being jammed in your own home and and you know scared to death about a sickness called you know COVID-19 and there was just a whole host of psychological, economic and social and emotional shocks that were just having concurrently like there's just a huge ball of neurosis happening in, to the in, whole public it, it, it's warlike but not you know it wasn't like a hot war but a pandemic uh credibly can be attributed to to a bio warlike environment in the in the effects of it changing the culture entirely. You could argue that. You really could. Anyways, so this mass hysteria around many things was kind of comorbid. And one of the things we kind of apologized away was the use of uh, Zoom. Zoom was kind of self-injurious. And we were relying on China to provide this technology and it was, it's still Chinese tech, technology. It's still t- Chinese tech. So, let me just get to it. So, more than two dozen rights groups are calling on Zoom to scrap its efforts to explore controversial emotion recognition te- technology. The pushback from 27 separate civil rights groups represents some of the most forceful resistance to the emerging tech yet, which critics fear remains inaccurate and under-tested. In an open letter addressed to Zoom CEO, co-founder Eric S. Yuan, the groups led by Fight for the Future criticized the company's alleged emotional data mining efforts as a violation of privacy and human rights. The letter takes aim at the tech, which it described as inherently biased against non-white individuals. Uh, I hope they have a paper on that. Uh, it says the group challenged Zoom to lean into its role as the industry leader in video conferencing to set standards which other smaller companies might follow. You can make it clear that this technology has no place in video communication. So I I challenge you to challenge this group to to be exactly inclusive because. Asian faces were used in training data, and, and they they may be substituted for white people in some cases. So I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them for more information, and you know it's not necessarily about a white guy, but we need to to say this is a bad technology for reasons that it will it will track down anyone for any reason and be used to to get anyone for any reason. Biometrics are really, really used for genocide right now. Used for genocide right now in China on Uyghurs. Right now. They have not stopped just because we called it genocide. They didn't stop. They're still putting, putting those folks in trains and sending them to camps and reformation camps and stealing their children and putting them in indoctrination camps away from their parents to tell them how how bad they are for not being Chinese enough. Um, 
So that's what's happening right now. That and forced organ harvesting of religious dissidents, which is ugly, ugly stuff. So I'm going to move on. Just have to. Because there's other stuff going on. Okay, I did say last show on the 11th that if Alvaro Bedoya got the position, I would congratulate him. And he has been confirmed. It was a 50-50 split vote. Period. And Kamala Harris had to break the tie. So Georgetown got it. So what do we got on deck for, for Georgetown? So here's what's up. The U.S. is warning of discrimination in using AI to screen job candidates. This we already know. And let's look up here. So he he was confirmed for sure. There we go. Senate confirms Biden's FTC nominee. Alvaro Bedoya becomes a third Democratic commissioner, giving progressive FTC chair Lena Khan a majority of the, at the Antitrust and Consumer Protection Agency. Yay, not yay! We're going to challenge you, Alvaro. So the Senate voted 51-50 on Wednesday to confirm Alvaro Bedoya as a member of the Federal Trade, Co- Trade Commission, adding a progressive privacy advocate to the agency and restoring a de- Democratic majority at a time when the FTC is poised to take on corporate giants and in industry such as tech. Now, he has friends in this in this business, meaning like there are people like myself really, really in favor of uh, anti-monopoly laws and anti... Uh, the generalized environment that's aggressive and hostile to privacy... But my criticism of the progressive regime in the past is that they pretend they will take up an issue and then they do zero. In fact, my other criticism of progressive activists who get government jobs is they do zero or they go drive it in reverse. Okay, for instance, we have progressive governance in the state of Washington and San Francisco, considerably. And the problems that I have with those two towns is that if everybody in the government is a progressive technologist right now, then where the hell is the progress? Because those two towns actually run our technology sector and there's no privacy coming out of those towns. In fact, there's more mass surveillance and under regulation from those towns than anywhere else in America. So I want to see, I want to believe, but there has been consistently no action. Now that they've got the chair, I would like for them to start, I don't know, considering active policy objectives to get their stuff done. Okay? Having actual debates about privacy that don't just end up in a free lunch for a bunch of lawyers. So there's my urge there. And you know what that's going to require from them? It's going to require for them to to roll down 
the the moral scaffolding and admit the dirty unwashed mashes masses of the other team. That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to open their arms and allow other Americans to start weighing in on technological matters that pertain to themselves. Okay? And it's going to be a really hard thing for them because they insist that they are right at all ends. And it's really tough to deal with people who believe that, you know, you should just sit down over there and just let us run stuff. Okay? Well, guess what? After living in those two towns, I can tell you that I did that for a little bit and we're still here waiting on privacy. So get in the game. If you want privacy, if you have a legitimate proposal, throw it on the desk. Go to the FTC and just tell them you can't just legislate this or administrate this or rule make around this without us. This is a whole country. And you're not going to put up this, you know, bias flag and use it for disinformation, censorship, and all this other stuff because that has happened. We are not blind. It happened. Okay? And people were cast out of their jobs. Okay? On the rubric of this cultural revolution, you know, struggle shaming things. If we didn't see it in real time happened during the pandemic we would doubt you but it it happened it did happen so here here we are we are here u.s warns of discrimination in using artificial intelligence to screen job candidates the federal government yay said thursday that artificial intelligence technology to screen new job candidates or monitor worker productivity can unfairly discriminate against people with disabilities, sending a warning to employers that commonly used hiring tools could violate civil rights laws. Okay, the U.S. Justice Department and Equal Employment Opportunity Commission jointly issued guidance uh, to employers to take care before using popular algorithmic tools meant to streamline the work of evaluating employees and job prospects, but which also could potentially run afoul of Americans with Disabilities Act. So this is only Americans with disabilities. Okay, they're only screening for people with disabilities. Okay, they're only going to protect people with disabilities. That's, that's the way I'm reading this right now. So we are sounding an alarm regarding the dangers tied to blind reliance (laughs) on AI and other technologies that we are seeing increasingly used by employers, Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark of the Department of Civil Rights Division told reporters Thursday. The use of AI is compounding the longstanding discrimination that job seekers with disabilities face. Okay. I just wish that they could address the whole of screening or delisting candidates based on discriminatory discriminatory factors other than their qualifications. So we we still need to do this. We still need to get in the game and talk to to one another, confront and knock these like razor edges off. We got to do it. Cuz if we don't our society is going to be garbage 
and the only people the government's going to decide who gets a job okay and unless you have a disability or you are a person of color you know that day you know it's going to be like going to central casting in Hollywood am I am I brown enough am I brown enough am I woman enough okay well let me just change my gender now I'm trans hire me see it, it's not the society you want to live in it, it isn't okay so moving on we got some immigration officials who's who have created a network that can spy on the majority of Americans yay no so out of Los Angeles this is LA Times the Immigration and Customs Enforcement has crafted a sophisticated surveillance dragnet designed to spy on most people living in the United States. This is kind of imitative of Hemisphere, which was like this other, you know, pan-American technology used by the DEA. Nobody knows what the hell happened with it or if it was decommissioned. It was outed a few years ago. I don't know, seven, seven, ten years ago, maybe? Do we know what happened with that? I don't know. But maybe it's not as virulent as it was, but it was a mobile technology that was used to, to, to you know, the spread over technology. Mobile was, was really holistic. Like, it was super broad, overly broad. And uh, it went as far back as the brick does anybody remember no I mean you've got to be definitely over 30 to remember anything that might have resembled resembled a, a brick this is the 80s when people had these enormous you know corded phones uh, attached to their cars with with a tall antenna and they they were usually some kind of cream color and they looked like a, a giant brick. And people use them, rich people use them to, to call from their car phones. And that was the early mobile phone. And uh, that's what people would associate with it. You know, like usually a red uh, short convertible and then the brick phone. So. The only people who could who really afford those were people like Donald Trump and drug dealers. So, <laughs> and you know that was a small pool of people. So to have, you know, the DEA go, we're gonna get everybody. It'd be like maybe two hundred people at that time. But it's it's taken on a totally different. Uh, scope now because now that everybody's got a phone I'm sure the DEA is like I can't do this anymore I'm not even sure how effective their their um, upgrades or the, the scope of their surveillance really is anyways so ICE has this new dragnet I don't know how they got it but it came through the Georgetown Law Center for Privacy and Technology we have hope Maybe Alvaro will do something for us. So over the years, privacy law experts and civil rights activists and attorneys have accused ICE of overreach in its surveillance tactics, probably because of Hemisphere, uh, directed at immigrants and Americans alike. But the Georgetown report paints the picture of an agency 
that has gone well beyond its immigration enforcement mandate, instead evolving into something more of a broader domestic surveillance agency. Because we don't have enough of those, apparently, uh, according to the report called uh, American Dragnet, Data-Driven Deportation in the 21st Century. ICE officials did not respond to an LA Times request for comment. Yeah, and it is it is a bad time to be a a a migrant or asylum seeker at this time because the whole Hispanic world in the border regions is turning against this. Not a good time. I would say mostly against this. Not a good time. And I am going to go forward with let's see here. So I think I've covered most of what I wanted to cover today in those headlines. So we can we can circle back to the EU um, mandate. Lots of privacy infringement today. <laughs> Lots of really crazy, crazy stuff. All right. I will I will take your calls now. We covered a lot of territory for that AI show. Bloody Joshua. And I'm, I'm glad you're here with me. There were a few other people earlier. You know, there's a lot of a lot of other things to do. So, if nobody wants to talk, oh, there he is. Hey, Joshua. Let's let's make you the next caller. Unmute your mic and you may speak. All right. Um, so one, when you change the time of your show, I can't, uh, I can't ruin it. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just want to know: Do you want to run your show so you do a monologue first and then have callers? Because that's, I mean, because that's what I do, show, man. Like that's always what <sighs> I do. Okay. Well, I hated my professors. Um, so. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the ice stuff that you were talking about here uh, last. Um, yeah. One, I think I'm getting de- I'm getting deported soon, um, and they're not letting me back in. But is are you are you Canadian or something? You? I mean, there's so many Canadians oh, on no, this no. network. I don't even I don't even know where they all come from. Well, they come from Canada. Well, <laughs> the, the north. Uh, the, uh, they are they are upstairs from our crack house. Um, and and uh, anyway. Uh, that was a Robin Williams line, not mine. Uh, I, uh, I just, I'm going to have to go south, but I'm not going to get back in. I am a U.S. citizen. No, I'm not Canadian. Uh, I would not uh, be a Trudeau fan, uh, and uh, I don't want to be in his country either. Um, but it is terrifying what ICE is doing, uh, and it's just, it's another overreach. I just don't know that it's that surprising, and and you know how far it'll go, but it. You know, I just see that we're kind of between fascist and fascist light in this country. It's more of a nice version of fascism where they pretend to not be fascist and then a mean version of fascism in this country from the surveillance state that we're creating and we already have and how far it goes surveilling its own citizens. Now, are we being put in camps and, you know, trotted off to something where we're like, hey, right, exactly. So we can just breathe easy, right? Or you can have no, shows like no, this. No, never, dude. Like, right. I know. I'll, I, I'll tell yeah. you why. Because, you know, the, this country has an active history. I mean, we still have reservations out there 
Those used to be internment camps for Native American people. Okay? I mean, people just are like, oh, they're reservations, you know. The whole Indian relocation program was to get inconvenient people that the U.S. federal government didn't like onto, to, you know, land that they picked special just for them so they couldn't get away and they couldn't commit any crimes, you know, according to, to, to the state, um, for being Native. And, you know, that happened at the turn of the century we decided to make Native Americans citizens turn of the the 20th century uh, they made they returned to to citizenship in the United States and um, you know civil there was some civil rights reforms during the 60s that were applicable uh, but there is still some some qualms there there are definitely people outliers who will always always have a suspicious eye on the state uh chinese americans native americans a lot of black americans anybody who was experimented on by the federal government uh you know for like medical experiments those people those people will always have a suspicious eye on the government um so i mean we have a past with eugenics there's been there's been sterilization programs so there's all sorts of reasons to not trust the government with mass surveillance this government the united states government with mass surveillance and with bias technology because we already see again this is a throwback to to you know, unsanctioned citizen uh that if they can do it to one group they can do it to anyone okay and that was that was the big story of uh of Elie Wiesel and the and the Jews of Europe, okay. If they can do to, do it to the Jews and they can do it to the communists and they can do it to to, you know, religious dissidents in Europe because Nazis, okay. Then they could do it to each other, and everybody had to kind of get in line and conform. So it's it's really, you know, a consciousness trap. You know, I'm just going to let you uh, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and, a, I, well, I don't want to, I don't want to step on you, but a progress trap. We think this is a progress. We think that we need to parent our population. Oh, it's being built as progress. It's better. not progress. Right. No, I'm, I, yes, you are with me. I'm not saying it's progress. Um, the, the second thing is we just had this vote for 40 billion more dollars, right? 40 billion more dollars, which was, mm. And it hasn't gone through the Senate yet for our intelligence agencies and our arms manufacturers to get their nut off in the Ukraine. I'm sorry for uh, this isn't Sunday, so I can say stuff like that. Um, Now, I've said this before, like this, this Cold War can become a hot war if we turn our enemies into the enemies that we perceive them to be like we. Like escalation isn't something you can predict. And I do not like dementia white patriarchal males that I'm like, hey, is he going to nap on the table making these types of decisions? Um, and the, the, to me, the two choices we've had over the last couple of years are essentially the same. They're the same guy that needs a nap or you know, probably a drink. He doesn't need to be running anything ever again. Um, that's, <laughs> But those are the two choices and they're not 
choices, the same type of individual, the same signature of person that we keep putting up for us to decide amongst. Nobody wants it anymore. You don't have to give yourself a designation or a color or an identity. Nobody wants these guys making these decisions. But when these you guys. have unanimity, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like all, the all these guys. <laughs> I, I got it. Go off I got that. it. Like, no, I got it. It's not uh, just it's, men. It's also matriarchs or whatever. They want to well, be Well, I mean, wealthy. you know, a tool is a tool. It doesn't matter their gender. You know, if you're a tool of the state to, like, for, for you know, technocratic, you know, suppression of, of personal rights, then then you're you're just a tool. I mean, nobody cares about There's your gender. A- well, maybe somebody. I'm not going to yeah. say nobody cares, you know. Is it fair? I mean, can you get a job being a tool of, of technocratic suppression equally? Will there be an equity, you know, banquet for you to take from, from you know, the unwashed masses equally, you know? Will the equity be Only there for you? Program. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, it's, it gets ludicrous, man. It really gets stupid. Continue, if you you will. No, I don't don't have much more to say. I think we just went off. Um, But uh, the reality is, is you have a, I mean, you must be making shit tons of money doing this. Uh, So you're going to be fine. Uh, (laughs) You know what? Charlie's on this call. Hey, Charlie, if you can find a way to get kind of monetization for, for listenership, that would be that would be rad. I would really like it because I would run ads on this network. In fact, there was a – I wanted to say that there was – the ad exchanger had a, a, a one item on here uh, that, that there was media buying. Media buying, information packages – you know, because cookies are are going the way of the dodo, because they're they're, they're surveillance based media, and nobody's into it. So maybe maybe look into it. Just just alternate ways, and then donations. You know, maybe maybe a donation jar, like the swear jar. You know, I if if I swear on the program then people can take from my donation jar and put it in the swear jar. Because I've talked to you about a swear jar. Okay, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. All right, did I just get censored? No, no, you did not get censored. I don't censor on this show. That is is brave of you, um, and I do appreciate it. It's probably going to get us both fired, but I've already been fired for speaking my mind. I'm used to it by now. So, um, But uh, uh, I will say one thing. While uh, I was an activist within the BLM movement, so you'll love that. Uh, But uh, anyway, uh, I was also at the same... You can do whatever you want to do, man. Just let me finish. So at the same time, same time, I'm working for the tribes and I have access to uh, uh, Trump's justice administration perspectives on what's going on on the street. So I'm on the streets. I'm going to work and I'm listening into the Trump administration's perspective of what's going on in the street. So it was really nice being on both sides and having access to that information. 
Um, and Zoom allowed for all of it. And I do totally agree with you that it's funny that we do not think that, you know, these people are taking whatever we talk about online and then parsing that information to decide what to do for themselves. Well, anyway, I'll let you have a good rest of the show and day. Joshua, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Um, last last call for callers. Blotty, do you have any comments or, or any kind of ideas to add to this AI show discussion before we wrap it? Um, it's going to have to be a quick one today then. I, I really appreciate everybody coming by and listening, contributing, that sort of thing. Um, again, you know, there there's only so far you can push a free public before, you know, there really are kind of making demands that can't be can't be tenable. So I don't even know what that means. It's just kind of like Marvin the Martian going, I'm so angry. I You won't like it when I get so angry. You know, and it's, you know, I'm not the Hulk. So it would probably be Marvin the Martian. I'd do something Plutonian instead. Um, yeah, it's my, that's my silly imitation of Mar- Marvin the Martian. Anyways, I hope copyright doesn't come for me. Sorry. All right. All right, guys, thank you for coming by. I appreciate you so much. Um, you know, I'm just going to wrap it up with some sound and uh, we'll we'll get on. We'll get on the BLM piece on Monday. Please stop by on Monday. Unsanctioned Citizen podcast going live 11 a.m. Central Standard Time uh, to discuss, dun, 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 was it worth it? You know, was it worth it labeling so much of the population racist and all things racist so that you can just arbitrarily decide what's what? So we we need to get a grip. We need to get a grip on that and let the norm core of society just go back to being normal. And uh, we're gonna have some we're gonna have a discussion about that hopefully. All right, we'll see you guys on Monday. Take care. <laughs>